This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. On Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and Jeff Scott. All right, welcome to the Rockin' Pregame today. Heading into Mother's Day weekend. Don't forget to do something nice for uh, for your mom. That'll just get you in trouble if you forget that. So just throwing that out there, a little reminder. Coming up today on the Rockin' Pregame, Jared has uh, Red Raider recruiting both football and basketball. Uh, Texas Tech's Cody Campbell. Everybody knows uh, Cody Campbell. He's a big uh, big donor and uh, Names on the important field. guy. That's right, man. So he'll be joining us to talk about the Matador Club. Baseball is on finals break, so no games this weekend, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Dustin McCorkle is back to talk Lubbock Matador soccer and uh, to Pete's happiness, the return of rock or roll. What? Run down and more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Shock. So, uh, but uh, that's what's coming up on today's show. But as always, we start with. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. Let's get going with the Rockin' Reality Check. Pete? Yeah. Why don't you start today? Wow. You're looking uh, all feisty over there. I like his uh, Dylan Panther shirt. Riggins number Riggins, on the back. Man, Texas forever. On a big Friday Night Lights I miss that, yeah. miss that show yeah. so much. Um, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, it's time for the Red Raider baseball team to really put it together. Next week, you got Big 12 leading Oklahoma State, who's number three. Uh, somehow, Tech is still number nine in the D1 rankings, but... Uh, <laughs> And their projections, they got Tech as a three seed going to Washington State, so uh, Spokane. So, um, you know, they take your finals and then get ready for these finals games and, uh, you know, prove that, uh, you know, you're at least a two seed. And then somehow maybe you win them all and maybe you get the host. You just don't know. That's why you play one at a time. So, um, other than that, yeah, Mother's Day weekend, it's, you know, it's a busy time, man. Kids are getting ready to finish school and stuff, so I'm, I'm running around like crazy. Um, I'm just going to shamelessly plug my lunch church this week. we got uh, Joey McGuire coming next Wednesday. I've heard of him. Yeah, you've seen him out there. Maybe you haven't heard him speak. Maybe you haven't met him. Great opportunity next Wednesday, 1130. Uh, You can come as early as 11 and fellowship. You can come as late as noon, five afternoon, and still hear him speak. Uh, We're at 8517 Urbana, $10 lunch. Uh, we, uh, it's going to be great. Well, so. you know, he's the 17th nicest coach in America. Did you see that whole I did thing going see that. around? I put it on my page, and somebody yeah. said, that guy just sits around and makes lists, <laughs> which is true. Yeah, but, uh, no, it's been fun because uh, fans have been sharing all their stories. Now, some of them are, I think, are legitimate real 15. stories. Yeah. yeah, but some of them are real stories of things he's done, but then a lot of them are oh, very yes. creative stories yes. about how nice Joey McGuire is. But, uh, you know, hey, listen, if it you know, if it's on social media, it must be true. It must so, be. So I mean, I, I I think I believe them. So one one of the ones I saw, uh, yeah. Let's see what I see this morning. There's some people. There's been some really uh, fun creative. It's like those Chuck Norris things. Right. It's <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah. It is. It's that same thing. Let me see if I can find. Yeah. This one said somebody somebody named Shelby posted this one said he camped out by the speed bumps behind Chili's one week and set up a nice smooth properly graded ramp for us to drive over. 
Eventually, he had to move on to helping people cross the road and getting kittens out of trees. But his service <laughs> that week didn't go unnoticed. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you can uh, solve those uh, speed bumps behind Chili's over there on University, man, that, <laughs> that, that, that really would be something right there. That ought to move him up the, uh, yeah, up the right. list right well, there, if that's true. And, you know, he, obviously they got a great recruiting class for 2023, but uh, and they're out there you know, hitting the pavement, but uh, he's got time to come speak at lunch. So 85-17 Urbana next Wednesday. Come join us. You can text BLESSING to 59925 and get on our text list. And today I just locked down the Culver family for June, June 15th. That's family month. So uh, we don't know if Jared's coming, but Trey, Regina, and Hiawatha will be there. Maybe J.J., but he's playing overseas. But uh, great family, also doing great things in our community. All right, Pete. Way yeah. to go. All right, Jared, rock and reality check for you. Yeah, first off, uh, Pete's lunch church is a really cool thing. Uh, I know Sean and I, we've all of us have gone and uh, enjoyed in the fellowship, and it's a really neat thing, so I just want to echo that. If you can get out there and see Joey McGuire, the nicest guy in town, apparently, right? <laughs> uh, do it. Get Do it. Uh, if he doesn't start with Raider power, I'm going to be upset. You know he will. <laughs> <Yeah. Better. laughs> Especially now. Yeah, now that you said that. And if he wants to keep moving up that list of nicest right. coaches, I mean, you know. I, I forgot who was number one. Do you remember? Um, yeah, who was number one? Uh, on Mac Brown. Oh, that's Matt right. Brown? Okay. Yeah. Well, he's, he's a pretty a, nice, guy. nice guy. I, mean, I know <laughs> people don't want to hear that, but he really is. Like, he's a nice guy. Okay. He's a nice guy. Now he's not. He's, he's a, a nice yeah. guy. Now you're right. He's a nice He's guy. not in Texas anymore. Now he's in North Carolina. Yeah, he can so be the nicest right. guy. Otherwise, yeah, not the nicest guy. But uh, You know what? Uh, that's funny because McGuire kind of reminds me of Mac Brown. Just the way he, the CEO yeah. type coach and everything. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my rock and reality check is basically just everybody relax in terms of the basketball roster. I know there's a lot of concerns, McCuller leaving, Shannon leaving, all the seniors or guys who ran out of eligibility. I don't know what to call them anymore. For the COVID, right, COVID yeah. super seniors who graduate, whatever, the yeah. guys who can't, who can't play college anymore who ran out of eligibility. I mean, look, uh, the roster's going to look very different. We right. know that. But they're bringing in a lot of talented guys, which we've detailed on the shows before. We're going to talk about later in this show. Um, there's going to be an exciting announcement, I believe, or we believe, uh, here probably by this time next week when we do the show again. Well, I have some really uh, fun stuff to talk about with Texas Tech basketball in terms of recruiting, so uh, I, just relax. I think the main thing is that Mark Adams had that, that, that year where they proved it wasn't just Chris Beard, wasn't just King Beard, and all, and, and all that, it, you know, it, the culture is still intact. Uh, this program is at the big boy table, one of the top 15, 20 programs in the country. I believe they're every year they're going to challenge for the for the Big 12 title. I'm not saying they're going to win, but they're going to challenge. They're going to be in the fight, as they like to say. And they're, I mean, expect them to go to the tournament, you know. And then once you get there, you just see what happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, so everybody, like, I don't know if y'all see this as much as I do on Inside the Red Raiders, but people are freaking out. Uh, social media, whatever you right. know. And like when you, I did a video here recently, like yesterday, basically just saying, okay, here's who's leaving, who's, here's who's staying, and here's who's coming in. And the first reaction from people is, oh no. I think it's because the known quantity, uh, the, the players that are leaving, you know they've done it before, uh, that gives people pause or concern. The guys they have coming in, the talent and everything, I mean, you could argue they're going to be even more talented next year. I mean, really, just look at it. I mean, an objective, take a step back view, it's really impressive. So Tech uh, has invested a lot of money. They have maybe the best facilities or you know, among the best facilities in the country. They have a proven track record. They have a coach who knows how to do it. They have... You know, it, it to me, as long as Adams, which they just locked him in through, what, 2027, uh, 
as long as Adams is here and the, the culture and the defense remains, this program is going to be at the big boy table. So just enjoy. Just quit stressing and just you know, be entertained. Are you not entertained is what I'm saying. <laughs> is, is that not what you came here for? You know, I mean, basically, because I just – the anxiety is um, misplaced, I feel like. And I think some of it may have to do with what we talked about last week and just that this is so foreign right. compared to what we're used to. But uh, relax. This team is going to be good. They're going to be a player in the Big 12. They're going to be in the tournament next year barring some kind of, you know, freak run of injuries or whatever. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's in in I think you're I mean you're right people do freak out. But I think it's we're in a transition period for fans too of having to understand what the uh, the new wild west of college yes. athletics yeah. is. There's nothing illegal anymore. Anything <laughs> goes. There are no rules, there's no guidelines for anything. It's a free for all now, and especially in football. And uh, you know, and so both. you do I think as as fans, you know, you just got to sit there and look at it and see this is what it is. And just don't worry about it anymore because the idea that players are loyal to a school or anything, eh, there's none of that, you know, and, and you always want to think there is, but uh, but there really isn't, and now more than ever, and, and I don't fault them for wanting to, you know, to, if I had a chance to go make $3 million somewhere, I'm sure I would, I'd be out the door in a second, you know. Did you see B. But, John Robinson with his Lambo? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but, see, that, but, but that's what I'm saying. I think, to me, though, the, the hard part to get over about all this is, I mean, I don't, I don't fault players for taking advantage of now anything is legal that's fine go do it get your lamborghini make three million whatever cool right. none of who, who of us would turn that down oh, yeah. but just as a principle of the way college athletics has always been there was always the joy of the you know and i'm not going to say that guys weren't getting stuff before under the table and sure. say that's yeah, we just don't be naive but there was just always the the thing about amateur athletics college athletics um whether or not it was uh a naive look at it or what but guys were playing for the joy of playing for you know their school and the the fan i mean it was just it was just different than professional sports and now it for all practical purposes it is professional sports oh yeah you know and and so it just takes a little bit uh, it's going to take some getting used to i think i find myself being a little bit uh I, I don't know it, it i just it's different now and i think my relationship with it is going to be different mm-hmm. um you know, and so again, I don't fault the players, but I do think that, that this idea of just whatever the hell you want to do goes now, and that's fine. And boosters can throw money here, or there. Guys are getting recruit play, you know, and it is above board now. I mean, it's just I, I still I don't think it's right. Yeah. But whatever, it's not going it's back. It's fault. And it is. Yeah. It, well, they're, it's the courts. It's the it, courts' fault, really. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the courts that upheld and said, "This is how it's going to be. This is yeah. how you have to do it." But the but the NCAA was terrible at wow. it, the administering anything anyway, which Absolutely. I think is why it even got the court to begin with. And now that it's this way, people go, "They need to govern this. They need." There's no way because as soon as you do that, there's going to be so many lawsuits flying yeah. around. You know, it'll never, you can't, you you can never stop it now. It is what it is, so you might as well just decide, do I like college sports? Am I going to continue to watch college football and college basketball and get excited about it? Or is this too much for me and I'm just going to give it up and and move on? Because it's not going to change. But it does take some adjusting, and I do think fans are having to kind of look at it and go, wow, I I guess it's it's a new world, and I just need to figure out how I fit into that. Well, that begs another question is, do you think, college sports is going to lose viewership, popularity, and stuff like that as a 
backlash or as a reaction to the no, new era. No, I don't. No, I don't. But I do think that there's going to be a thing where, like, for instance, if you're a business, you know, I mean, now that we're getting into this deal where just people are getting together and throwing millions of dollars around, that's not, to me, that's not even hardly NIL. That's just flat out paying players. <laughs> But when it comes down to the original intent of NIL, where, you know, if you somebody, you know, you get the local car guy wants you to endorse his, his stuff and, you know, and businesses doing things like that, I think businesses have seen enough already to where they're looking at it going, why should I invest anything in a player who probably is going to leave at the end of the year anyway? I mean, just look here in Lubbock, locally at Texas Tech. I mean, you know, see, you've already seen it happen. So as a business, you're being asked to shell out money to marry yourself with one of these players and their popularity and all, and then chances are they're just going to up and leave anyway. Yeah. And again, I don't blame them for leaving. Right. I'm just saying if you're a business person, you got to look at that and go, is this really worth it for me? I mean, I, I, I don't think it – I really don't think it is. And I'd be very cautious doing that if I was somebody who owned a business. Well, and obviously the business loves Texas Tech, but these players, uh, you know, while they play for Texas Tech or whatever school – you know, again, if the the carrots out there, they're going to grab it. Right, but I'm just saying, does that make sense as, for a business though no, to invest and, and money in somebody like that, and I, then they I up and leave? Step back, you know, and look at it. Another aspect I haven't heard anybody talk about, or read anybody talking about, is the social aspect of look, what. How is it going to change uh, the way college athletes are, mm -hmm. especially football and basketball, where right, they're going to be right. get the most money? Is yeah. Because think about it, when you were 19 and 20. If somebody gave you a million dollars and told you you were the best and gave you a Lambo and all this, I mean, it would be hard enough to handle that at 30. Right. Think about <laughs> handling that at 20. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, think, and then extrapolate that to however many colleges, however, I mean, let's say 100, uh, with, let's say 50 that are really dealing in that kind of, mm -hmm. you know, stratosphere. And then how many athletes right. are we talking about? Even, even like with Texas Tech where they're getting an extra $20,000 a year, I mean, that – significantly changes the college experience right, you know what i mean like, right but then again you look at i'm probably going way too far down the rabbit hole no it's a, but i think this is interesting though. What, love what's the way. average college kid like now i mean look at the average texas tech student now does he or she look and come from the same background as say we did who went to texas tech mm -hmm. you know i mean you the, just by what it is that and i don't mean like racially but i mean just in terms of how much money you have, like right. your where, where your family comes from, yeah. doesn't have anything to do with color or creed or anything, right. just money. Right. Uh, how expensive tuition is now compared? I mean, like what, what I paid to go to Tech for my whole time at Tech wouldn't even cover a whole year now. Right. You know, and, and that was just in the late '90s. That's yeah. crazy to yeah. me. That blows my mind. So, uh, what kind of kids are we producing? Right. Young adults, you know, and then the NIO. And what are we telling them? Right. It's all that matters is money, and then you get in that club, right? Well, and, I mean, and, so it's kind of like, what are we doing? And all for me, all along, you know, this is not popular, I'm sure, with some people, but I, I've always been like, you know, players whining about how many hours they put in and all these things. Right. You know what? You're getting a scholarship, you're getting all this special yeah, yeah. treatment, you're getting everything, you're getting tutors, you're getting all this stuff. If you don't want to play sports, if it's too much for you, then be like everybody else and figure out a way to pay for your school and go to school. No one's forcing you to go be a college athlete. You're making a choice to do that. This is what it is. And if you don't like it, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, to me, it's that simple. I mean, I'm sitting there struggling to pay for my daughter to go to college, you know, when she yep. got scholarship, you know, academic stuff, right. you know. But we're still, you know, we struggle to pay for it like most, most people have to do. So if you don't like it, don't play. No one's forcing you. And then what's it going to do to, like, for instance, if you got, you know, you look at uh, – you know, these, there's certain players around the country who are, you know, these $3 million deals and stuff. 
what do you what effect do you think it has on a team if if you're you know you're a guy who you know like you're the you're a tight end or something and you're right. you know you're a pretty good player but you're no you're not a flashy name you're not going to get the three million dollar deal but you got the guy lining up next to you who's you got three million dollars to play what does that do in a locker room or what does that do for the chemistry of a team do you think it has any effect or not well let's say if you're a Bijan Robinson and you're getting paid I mean you're getting paid like a like an NFL running back you better be taking care of your offensive line you know what I mean so I think it just it's still going to come down to how each player handles it and what kind of person that is like I said what kind of person are we producing through all this what kind of people are we producing you know so you know the guy who's getting paid I know in the NFL works out like that where the quarterbacks you know will buy their Lyman Rolexes or whatever you know what I mean right. like something like that or a car, even a car you know, when they get paid something like that um, so hopefully somebody's talked to him and like hey you gotta take care you know I mean you gotta do something for your guys yeah. well, and if he doesn't then I mean yeah just like anything else I mean money will corrupt uh, a locker room just like it, yeah. it will a family or whatever a business a certain way uh, the way things break out so I, there's so many things that branch off from this because it is so different, and I think what makes it so interesting in my mind is that, or a hot bu- hot button topic is that I think there really are good arguments on both sides. Like what you just said, I agree with, but I also agree with. This is we live in a capitalist uh, economy, you know, and if there's market value for Bijan Robinson to make three million dollars and get a Lambo, part of me feels like, who am I to tell him he can't have that? Right. So I, I believe in both both sides like I so to me that's what makes the most interesting topics where you can see multiple sides of, uh, of the argument and I guess we're in and you're right I'm, I'm certainly a capitalist kind of guy don't right. get me wrong <laughs> but but where I, I just think that when it's when it's just wide open for any you know a group mm. of boosters to get together and put together money to attract a player you know you really now are in a position where a lot of schools aren't going to be able to do that and so yep. you've, you've literally got a situation where the disparity that already existed uh, among the Power Five compared to the you know the non-Power Five right. schools, you know now it's just amped up even more, and that's the part about it where I just kind of go, you know, I don't know, is that really right? I mean, even the NFL has a salary cap, right? You know, yeah. and, and are we gonna are we right. gonna end up needing a salary cap probably. for college? I mean, probably. I, mean, I, mean, I, I don't think even a bad. I don't think it's out question, of question. No. You know, but you, you know what else is interesting too is that for me, just personally in our little bubble here in Lubbock, is that. How long, how long have we heard the narrative, poor little Texas Tech? Right. Poor little oh, Texas yeah. Tech. Well, through all this, what's really come to the forefront for me is that it's not poor little Texas right. Tech. They're really yeah. set up in a good spot yeah. as of now. Right. Now, UT and OU's leaving. What will Big 12's place be? Will there be a Big 12 in the future or whatever? But for right now, there's a lot of money being pumped into the football and basketball right. programs. Uh, there's... Uh, a lot of momentum, mm-hmm. and they're in a position, especially in the transfer portal, where guys who say were five stars that went to Penn State or Alabama, uh, you know, and but they didn't quite fit right for one reason mm-hmm. or another, and they're good players, but they still want to play Power Five football. They still have those NFL goals. Where can they go? Well, Texas Tech, they can offer, hey, probably some early playing time, just right. the way it is right now. Uh, we got a really nice NIL package for you that's simple, that makes sense, that's going to help you and your family. And then we're investing in all the, in all the facilities. Mm-hmm. So that's what Texas Tech can sell, and they're crushing it, you know, yeah. in both football and basketball. So it's not little old Texas Tech. It's actually been quite the opposite, and this whole new era has helped both programs, mm-hmm. like, not just a little bit, a lot. I yeah. mean, if you really do the ledger of positive and negative, even with Kevin McCuller and Shannon leaving, right. uh, it's way positive in Texas Tech's favor. 
Yeah. All right. And I just wanted to point out, Texas Tech basketball sent more players to the NFL than Texas football did. Who has it? Right. Recently, no, but I was, <laughs> Texas Tech basketball. Right, I just want to say that more, again yeah, in yeah. the NBA. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, we have not Santa Silva. Yeah, funny. But then, yeah, wait, that's funny. Texas Tech basketball said more <laughs> than Diego. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But everybody, almost every football program uh, right. in the country sent more than, than Texas. I think right. was there like 10 Division One schools that yeah. didn't have a player drafted or something like that? Yeah. All right. Um, but, yeah, overall, it's all there's a lot of hand-wringing and a lot of, you yeah. know, everybody. But it is, I just think we're, we're just in a transition period for just, you know, for all of it. And fans, you know, we just got to figure out how do we enjoy the sport. And, you know, and I, I, I'm, for me, I just I, all I can think is I, I got to quit worrying about all that junk, you know. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Wide, who yeah. got it? it doesn't matter to me. I'm not getting it. All I know is I still got to buy a ticket to go to the game. Do I still want to do that? Do I do I still enjoy going to the basketball games and football games? Yeah, I think I do. You know, so I'm just gonna try to break it down to just I like to go watch college sports. Done. I want to edit my original thing too. I, I'm not trying to tell fans how to live their fandom, other than just don't. Like stroke out about it. I mean, it's gotten right. serious. You know what I mean? Like, yes, let's just see what happens. Like, you know, like, yeah. whatever you feel about it. Hey, I'm cool with that. that that's right. fine. That's your opinion. Right. But or or don't even be a fan anymore if that's what you choose. But just the whole nervous breakdown, stroking out thing. Like, whoa. Yeah. Let's 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 relax on it's that. It's just sports. Yes. It's you just know? sports, and I think it's going to be all in Texas Tech coming out on the positive side yeah. for this. So. Probably uh, things are going to be all right. It just may be different. There's yeah, nothing wrong it's with change, be different. you know, and <laughs> things are different. Nobody likes change. People like what they know. And when, they, when what you know changes, it's uncomfortable for a while. But, yeah, I'm sure we'll figure it all out. Well, one thing we uh, know we can uh, always count on for some excitement is recruiting, both football and basketball. So uh, we'll uh, come up next here. We'll start with some uh, football recruiting updates. From inside the RedRaiders.com here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame, live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd University on Rock 101.1. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Cotton Court Hotel, B Equipment, and Weston Water Well Drilling and Pump Service. Inside the Red Raiders Recruiting News, football. All right, yeah, football. <laughs> Go, very, very formal. Team. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, um, all right, so uh, let's start off then. Uh, new commit. Yes, four-star running back L.J. Martin out of the El Paso era, uh, area. The dude ran for over 26, I'm going to say this again, 2,600 yards and scored almost 40 touchdowns, total touchdowns in nice. one season. Nice. Uh, he also had like 14 catches for 360-something yards. I can't, I don't know. You know, approximately 350 yards for a predominantly running team. His first team All-State kind of guy. Um, so just to be clear, and I confirmed this with a very, very, very good source, uh, Texas Tech has two four-star uh, running backs now committed. And that's that's pretty unbelievable. That's, that's stout for Tech right there. Yeah. So uh, the thing with, with Martin, though, uh, C.J. Martin, the, the most recent commit, is uh, yeah, he's 6'2", 207 pounds, so he needs to add some weight to be a you know every down back. But he is versatile enough to go split out wide or in the slot and be like a legitimate receiver. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I think Texas Tech really likes him a lot. Um, he was actually at a Rivals uh, Combine recently, somewhat recently, and uh, 
was shaking some of the top-rated linebackers out there uh, in, in going out for uh, on pass routes and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, it was very impressive to watch. Um, I just think to get a guy this caliber, this these are the kind of guys that Kingsbury was always trying to get, and he'd get in the top five or the top three, but not you know couldn't close the couldn't deal. Close yeah. the deal, you know. Just I think some of that was just where Tech was at the time. He because, wasn't offering a nice enough car. Yeah, right. Oh wait, well, sorry, you know, actually, actually, that, right? you know what? No, I mean that's a legitimate question now. I mean, we joke about that, and yeah. it's, you know it's funny, but I, I ask recruits now, like, okay, what kind of deal? Especially commits, like, did did the coaching staff or anybody with Texas Tech communicate any kind of nil deal? And I asked Martin then, he said. Yeah. No, there wasn't anything like you're going to get this, but uh, Coach McGuire did say being a West Texan, that's going to help get yeah. more NIL deals going to a West Texas school. Right. He said, right. you know, which that made a lot of sense to him. So uh, it was, he went on a couple of visits. Um, I, th- I think the last one was actually a junior day in January, and that's, that really cemented the deal and just talking with the coaches. Uh, it was just the relationship with them. Right. And he said it wasn't one coach, it wasn't three coaches, it was several coaches and then uh coach bryant the dude who tried out the bachelor oh yeah, yeah. talks to him the most and he said like we just talk about non-recruiting stuff and yeah. especially like he said he gave me the like, you know the scoop on what the whole process was like going through the bachelor right. which he thought was really funny <laughs> right. and interesting you know so it's always like something like that it always comes down to relationships and uh you know cj martin had you know offer from ut several offers from all over and uh like i said four-star running back and chose the red raiders and it's just a huge pickup and uh i think the main thing for me was like well zach kidley came in you're coming from a predominantly you know running team are you worried are they going to run the ball and he said this was good to hear of course this is what uh zach kidley told a recruit a running back recruit but that he wants to run the ball and that's why they're getting you know, trying to stockpile these running backs, and he wants to be balanced. Uh, he had Bailey Zappi, who was a very good quarterback, and he didn't have a lot of talent at running back. So yeah. what do you do? You go with what you have. Yeah, you go with your talent, yeah. But that he feels really good about Taj Brooks and Sir Roderick and that they're going to run the rock this year. Isn't it funny, the thing I was just sitting there as you're talking about recruiting, just how the difference is now. And, I mean, you know, you, you traditionally, you know, a guy releases his top five schools, you know, and now it's going to be, yeah, these are my top five schools, but I'm also, these guys, if <laughs> there's a million dollars with these guys. These guys are offering me a, you know, a, a, a Corvette. And so I'm trying to decide whether, you know, do I go with a million or do I go with the Corvette and this? I like the coach, but the NIL's not quite, I mean, you know, it's just so complicated now. What percentage of guys in this just just gut feeling? There's no stats yeah. or no way of knowing this, but. Are there players still that would be, you know, there's going to be a certain segment of guys who all they're going to be interested in is NIL. I mean, that's going to be first and foremost. That's what's going to determine. But I think there's probably still players who are looking more long-term and thinking, you know what, I want to go to a place where I can develop as a player, I have a chance in the NFL, and I have a chance for to, to change my life, my family's life for the future, and not just go for just a short-term payoff, right. but but looking, you know, taking the long view, what what. What, how would you break that down percentage wise? Oh, do you think? I, I mean, just your I'm gut, not, gut I reaction. I know there's no okay, way. Okay, I know no that's way, really yeah. tough because let's just be. Okay, I always struggle with percentage questions, but I'll just say really the only top 15, 20 percent are going to have like their life. If that, it's probably more like 10, 15 percent mm-hmm. are going to have like their lives changed by NIL money. Right. Now they're going to get some good money and spending money and this and that. But I mean, right. let's be honest, twenty thousand dollars in college? Would you take that? Absolutely, but. I mean, that can go really fast in the real world. You know what right, I mean? Like, yeah. I, you know, so the guys that are like the Bijan Robinsons, there's just not a lot of them out there. But 
what's interesting is with these recruits, uh, the potential. I, that's where I think you can make a lot of your money. Uh, and then, yeah, if you produce in the transfer portal, but that that's going to be the slim number. Yeah. I and then you, the other side is how many people really do just want the, not just want. I mean, everybody wants money. You know what I mean? Why not? It's freedom. Right. You know. Right. But. Uh, want that experience not just playing the short game and the type of personality that i think of and i even mentioned this recently is a tony bradford or a norence odiasi yeah that kind of dude the, 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 the guy who has a clear goal for their future mm-hmm. uh the deep introspective thinker mm-hmm. type you know th- those kind of like tony bradford there's a coaching change from kingsbury uh to wells when during his recruiting and signing time and uh, he delayed sign. He didn't sign during the early period. And people were like, oh, no, why not? Because he wanted to focus on his team, his high school team, in the playoffs. They won uh, the state championship. And then he, and I asked him, I said, well, people are really nervous if you're going to stick with Texas Tech and you know, because of the coaching change and that you didn't sign early. And he said, I'm, I've been Tech. He said, I hadn't been about Kingsbury. I hadn't been about Wells. I love Texas Tech. Right. And that's where I'm going. And he's not going to be in law enforcement, right? Right. That's, he yeah. has a clear goal of what he wants to yeah. do and all that. I'm not saying he's if they're, they're going to give him $20,000, you know, as part of the NIL deal, the right. Matador initiative, then it's like he's going to turn that down. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just right. saying there are still kids out there with that kind of foundation that are playing the long game. They right. have those, those long-term goals, and it's not just – NIL money or a coach. Yeah. But that's what gets most here. publicity probably. Why Absolutely. That's yeah. a great point is that the guy who – that's boring. Right. I mean, yeah. it is. People don't want to hear – they want to hear about the guy getting the Lambo. You right. know what I mean? And me include all of us. You know right. I mean? That's what we – that's what's sexy, for lack of a better term. Here's something – we'll get back to recruiting. I know sure. I keep, this, it's just this whole – This NIL is the thing, topic just, in college sports crazy, right now, yeah. though, so it's okay. I mean. But I was thinking – think of these top-level guys. What's that guy from Pitt? Uh, Jordan Addison? Yeah, yeah. Wider, Blitnikoff winner yep. and – and in the in the portal, USC apparently is offering you three million, all yep. that stuff. You don't be funny. You can get a situation where the bidding war in college with these big colleges like oh, that, yeah. and the, the money they're talking, all these deals. A guy gets all that to play one year. Let's say he goes to USC or whatever. Then he goes to the NFL and gets drafted, and he actually has to sign for less money than what yeah, he's making in college. I mean, it could happen. Well, and another thing is, is like. Who is going to just be happy with this money and stop? Because like, there's a lot of guys that uh, peak to get to the to the NBA or NFL. They get paid, or they, you know, the 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 contract year guy yeah. who has a you know uh, best season of his career, career year, and just oh, it just happens to be when he's up for a new contract. Right. You know, he gets paid and then he's a bump. Right. I mean, how often do we see that? You know, right. so how many of these kids are going to get get there, get paid, and then just be like, you know what, I'm good. And they get drafted, and they're like, that that will, that hunger is right. gone. You know, so this is going to change so many like little things like right. that. It's going to be interesting to, to document. Here, okay, here, here's one. Let's say, let's say you got a guy, and uh, let's say, okay, let's think of Bijan Robinson, in Texas. Let's say he's got his Lamborghini. He's getting paid. Life is good, you know. But but he, it's his last year. He's out of eligibility. But he, he knows he's not going to be able to make in the NFL or, you know, what he's doing in college. So now, is there a place, and this sounds crazy, but think of where we're at today, yeah, that, a guy could say, that a guy could say, I don't think it's right that you're telling me that I am out of eligibility. I would like to take some classes and stay in college because ultimately he knows he can do better and things are rolling there. Is there going to now be some sort of a... 
legal standing to be able to throw that rule out the window too. Your eligibility. I mean, but think about it. What, I mean, college for, forever. You, yeah, Van Wilder. <laughs> but, but what uh, I'm what saying about? is, what what would stop that ultimately? If we have gotten to a point now where you can't infringe on a guy's rights to make unlimited money and all this stuff, and we've thrown all those rules out the window because of that, what's to stop somebody challenging this idea of? eligibility you know, and being out of eligibility. My first reaction was like, that's ridiculous. But then, I th again, like, this is the world we're living in. Five years ago, I'd be like, what are we talking about? Right, Jeff? But right. now it's kind of like, just kind of shrug. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to say there's no way that could happen. It sounds crazy, but here we are, you know? Right. So It wouldn't surprise me who is somebody that, would challenge that. Who is the Texas Tech player, that football player, kept on getting hurt, was here for seven years? Oh, was it not Tony? Tony Gonzalez? Tony Gonzalez? Yeah. Tony. No, it was, uh, was it Leggett? Or, uh, no, no, no. Well, him, too. Wasn't it Tony? Yeah, I think it was one of the, the twins. It was the Morales guy. Morales. Morales. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Morales. But, Seven but even years. Had yeah. like two oh, Morales brothers. I love those guys. Right. I think one of them's coaching here, right? Like Estacado or was for a while? One yeah, of them's one assistant of, yeah, coach. Yeah, one of them's on Twitter that's always uh, yeah, yeah, Those guys are from Arlington. And those are good good dudes. I don't so know. You make fun of me for saying that, but they really are. They're good dudes. <laughs> crazy, uh, anyway, crazy times. But I'm just telling you, there's so many things that could come out of this. And, again, unintended consequences that just keep rolling out, challenges to rules and things. Five years from now, we could be talking about stuff that we're like, oh, my gosh, I thought that NIL thing was crazy. I can't even believe this. So we'll see. Hey, what if a player plays four games and then somehow gets he, he, he gets injured on purpose and then he, he is out the rest of the year, but then he gets to come back and get more money? Well, what, that way. what about – I'm not saying B. John Robinson would do this. We're just no, using him saying, as an example. Yeah. But what about a B. John Robinson who gets $3 million in a Lambo yeah. and then decides he doesn't want to play in the bowl game <laughs> it affects his draft. He'll get hurt, or whatever. You're like, oh we paid you three million dollars oh. in a Lambo, and you don't play. So, yeah. I mean, that's where you're just like, come but on, see, that's come where, on, buddy. You're like, that, come that's on. why. And I've said before, I think there, you could see a time where now it's there's contracts. If it's going to be like professional yeah. sports, and there there's going to be. be some there kind of protection be. for a university. Where, you know, you're given all this you stuff, the and then game. a guy ups and leaves, or, or yeah, opts out of the game. It's like, no, we have invested in you. You're going to sign a contract. There's going to be a buyout and, and all it's that. It's going to take know? the Alabamas and the Ohio States of the world to do that because yeah. if you – the first teams that, ought, like, say that, you got to sign this contract, then Auburn's <laughs> going to come in behind. Like, we don't, you don't have to sign a contract with us. We love you. Right. They're acting like they don't but love you, but we really love you. you, know, you exactly. Right, yeah. So that I, all that stuff's – I don't uh, know how well, long it's going to take to sort out, but we got a lot of stuff to get to today. I know we just keep talking, <laughs> this, but it's it, it's really interesting it's to stop thinking about. Uh, as far as recruiting uh, top remaining targets of you know guys that here, aren't committed yeah, anywhere, here are that. some of them. There's a lot. And Tech's going to sign more than 25 guys. There's uh, there are no rules anymore, like you said. You know, so um, they're going to have a lot. You know, it's going to be one of the biggest, probably the biggest class ever, or, or up there. Um, they already have 20 commits. So, uh, last I checked, it was number two in the country. But here are some other guys who are top targets for Texas Tech. I've talked with all these guys, uh, and I know Texas Tech has recruited them hard. I'm going to start just locally with a couple of guys, one from, well, I say locally, West Texas, uh, Amarillo Tascosa, four-star defensive lineman, Avion Carter, 6'4", 240. Uh, he's the top 100 national recruit. Uh, he's visited Tech I don't know how many times now, and he snuck in in the spring, earlier in the spring, you know, kind of honored that, uh, but spring's over now. I just you know, fans should know he did visit because there people. He went to Oklahoma State spring game, and so people were like, "Oh no, is he going there?" You know, but uh, uh, he he visited his top four schools, which he recently released, which was Tech, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Texas. Oh, wait, Baylor and TCU. Uh, wait, no, Texas and TCU. 
I swear I know. Um, and he's actually got one crystal ball pick uh, to to Texas, but I wouldn't say that's a done deal. Okay. Uh, Texas Tech's still in play for Avion Carter. Uh, he's that kind of edge player that mm-hmm. Tech normally doesn't get, but they're getting under Joey McGuire you yeah. know, and yeah. Zarnell Fitch, the defensive line coach. Anthony White, I wrote about him recently. Uh, he's from uh, nearby uh, Abernathy, six foot, 180-pound athlete, and he is truly an athlete in that they are recruiting him as such. Uh, he's a standout safety, a standout slot receiver. Uh, he's a big-time player in the return game. I think I talked about him last week or the, the week before. Uh, he really likes Texas Tech. Um, his dad coaches at Abernathy, too, I think, I think receivers and, and DBs, and so that gave him opportunity. His dad did not have to travel too much to – to see him, but Anthony White, even though he's unrated for some reason on 24/7 Sports, uh, you know he's a high three-star or four-star recruit. He has a lot of really big offers, and uh, the Red Raiders are are right there for him. But I don't know if he's close yet to, to making a decision. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna go through the process, which makes a lot of sense to me, to be honest. Right. Um, another guy, another four-star guy, uh, Cordell Russell out of Mesquite, actually North Mesquite High School. Uh, he visited for the spring game, six to 180 pounds, a top. Uh, 255 recruit. Uh, he has a crystal ball pick for Texas Tech from the director of recruiting, uh, Steve Wolfong of 24-7 Sports. He's really plugged in, so that's somebody to watch. Offensive lineman, we talked about him, Jeff. Uh, T.J. Shanahan out of Austin Westlake. He also visited for the spring game. His older brother, Michael Shanahan, just transferred in. Uh, he's uh, he's in competition for the starting right tackle gig. I talked with both Michael and TJ about their visits before Michael officially signed and got on campus, and uh, they love the visit. They, uh, I, I, I don't want to say he's a done deal to Texas Tech, but he's a like a five-star recruit on rivals, a four-star uh, composite. So like Alabama's offered, Ohio State's offered, but as close as Tech could be in operating in that sphere, they have a really good shot yeah. with TJ. I, I, I always hesitate to say package deals. Like, would he like to play with his older brother? He told me yes, but. It's not that he, that's not his only motivation. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, they're in there, but it's not a done deal with TJ. Another guy I really, really like this kid. I like his game. I like interviewing and talking with him is uh, Jordan Sanford out of Mansfield Timberview. It's actually located in Arlington. It's really weird, but it's Mansfield Timberview. Uh, he's a four-star guy. He's a three-star composite, but he's a, he's a four-star recruit according to 24-7 Sports, top 500 recruit, top, uh, four, uh, top 50 safety, top one top 100 in the state of texas for the 2023 class he visited for the spring game loved it had a great time i loves coach mcguire he said he could tell they're really making a difference uh the new coaching staff and there's already a couple of uh, crystal ball picks uh for him to go to texas tech as well all right look there's there's probably a lot more but uh, inside the red raiders.com you can uh, <laughs> just get started subscribe. <laughs> i know but we'll, we'll get but some wait, more, more. <laughs> because we and we'll, we also got some uh, some basketball recruiting news coming up oh, yeah. here as well but i just want to make sure uh we've got to, still to come on the show here cody campbell from the matador oh, club yeah. drops by to talk about the nil initiative that he is heading and incidentally you mentioned mansfield did you know they've got 35 sets of twins mansfield high school 35 sets of twins graduating Wow. Isn't that crazy in one school? That's, How'd you that's, know that? I know a lot of things. Pete. I like that. Jeff. I drink wine and I know things. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, still plenty more to come here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame uh, live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd University on Rockwell. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1, sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings and Fortenberry Roofing. It's back. And Pete wants to know, and so do I, to rock or roll. Hey, how does this work, Jeff? 
Well, it's funny you should ask. How, how does this work, rock or roll? Pete, just, just for your information, Thank what you. we do here is we, we give a statistical number of some right. sort, and then if you agree or think it'll be more, you'll, you'll rock. Yes. If you think it's less than that, you're going to roll. So are we clear? I understand. And usually it's a number that uh, Sean has stayed up till 4 or 5 in the morning where it's really accurate, and he puts you on that ledge, should I go rock, should I go roll? So... Really, this is just something created by Sean. Okay. Well, okay. at least we're all on the same page about it then. So here's what we're doing today. We're going to go with uh, – this is football, and it's going to be like statistics for the year, for the upcoming football season. you got to look into the future here. For those out there listening, just so you don't know, Pete – sorry, i got to jump in here, Jeff. Pete, just want to point out, if you don't like this segment, blame Sean. No, I didn't That's all you that. saying. Yeah. I'm just saying this and if you stays love it, up blame and Sean. really crunches <laughs> numbers. No, no, it's, it's Pete. That's why. Okay. I love it because it's great answers. So here, here we go. So this is the statistics for the season upcoming here. Okay, so we'll start with Texas Tech rushing touchdowns for the season at 30. Rock or roll, Pete? I'm going to roll. Less. What? Okay. Wow, okay. Yeah. Jerry? I'll rock. Okay. Receiving touchdowns at 26, Pete. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, rock on that. Okay, yes. Yeah, I think I could. I'm going to roll, actually. Okay. All One right. of those like the old Cowboys where you get inside the red zone and punch it in after racking up the yards. Right, okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, how about punch or <laughs> kicks for touchdowns? So receiving. One. What is this? So, so running back a kickoff. For a touchdown, is that what you're thinking yeah, here? Okay. It hasn't happened. Or running back a punt. Okay. So yeah. one for the season, Pete. Oh, I mean, all you need is one. Uh, well, we know because that would technically mean two if you rock, right? Well, if you rock, you think it'll be one or more. Oh, one or more. Well, see, Push that, pull, Pete. That's tough. But <laughs> I, I, just because it hadn't happened in a couple of years, I'm going to roll. So you think they get zero. Right. Okay. Jay? I don't know. I'm a big fan of Kenny Perry, the special teams coordinator, so I'm going to say rock. Okay. Forced fumbles. We've changed. We've been opposite on every one so far. Let's go, Pete. This is a tiebreaker for the for, year. Forced fumbles, 12. Well, well, man, if, you know, it's take three university and you're talking 12 games, that's 36. So half of that is 18. I'm going to I'm gonna rock on that. That's a lot of math. Good luck, Chad. Uh, <laughs> I like that gift for those memes where all the equations are going by <laughs> with some confused person or another. Uh, I'm going to rock, I guess. Yeah, I'll take three university. Yeah. Okay. I think it's, that's safe, though. Yeah. I think, okay. Field goals made, 16. Rock and roll. That's a lot, right? It yeah. is. What, what, wouldn't Garibay 15 of 16 or something? 15 of 16. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll. Yeah, I agree with Pete. Somebody new out there? Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. How about longest touchdown pass for the season? 75 yards. The and that can happen. You know what? I'm going to rock Murray State. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thought. I'm going to roll. Really? Okay. All right. I mean, that's a long. I, I don't that's know. That's a long. I mean, that is. But, but you can throw, you be on the five and Tyler throw a five-yard pass, and the guy runs it back. I mean, you know. No, I get it. Tyler Shuck did it last year in versus Houston. Who did he throw to? Uh, give me a second. I'll find out. Oh wait a minute. What, who was the one with? Uh, uh, who just he he just got the uh, Coons? Coons seventy-five yeah. at Baylor. Wasn't that last year? Or Oklahoma? The, yeah. The, oh, it was a Baylor. It That's was right. Baylor. Yeah. That's right. Oh, wasn't okay. that last year? Yeah. Seventy-five. Yeah. Okay. Here's uh, how about longest touchdown run? Sixty-two yards and for a run. Sixty-two. Why? Why did you do sixty-two and not sixty or sixty-five? What was the long last year? Sixty-two. Yeah. <laughs> I <ain't got> you. <laughs> That's funny. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to rock. Yeah, I will, too. Uh, Murray State. 
<laughs> Look out, Murray State. That's all I'm saying. What, you talking oh, about pizza? Yeah. It's all getting done in the first game. Man, they're, they're going to be using that as motivation, Pete. They're going to hear about this, <laughs> yeah. man. That's going to be they're all over the place. They're playing me. Pete right. Christie said. Yeah. All right, uh, defensive sacks, 25 sacks for the upcoming football season. I'm going to roll. I, until okay. they actually provide that pressure, I, I believe they're going to be better at it, but until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Pete? I'm going to roll, too. Okay. Interceptions, 14 interceptions this season. Take three university. Yeah. I'm going to rock. I'll jump out there. Okay. Pete? Uh, Ooh, you don't look confident, Pete. Do we we know what the number was last year? What was the number? 14? It was 14. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be better. I'm going to rock two then. All right. And then finally, penalties for the year, the upcoming football More season. More math involved here. I'm, I'm going to rock games. on that. 72. I mean, that's You're six rock? a game? Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, I think they're going to be a little more disciplined. Well, they will, but, I mean. I'm going to rock as well. Yeah. Okay. You guys see it to believe it. I, yeah. yeah. That's. All right, there you go. There is rock or roll. Do these do, do these picks count in the upcoming this, season? This right here will be the tiebreaker for Ooh. the football season. So, yeah. okay. Who won this last year? You did by Ooh. one game. So what? So <laughs> oh, you didn't know. I swear I didn't. Oh my God, that's so incredible. If, if I had won, I would have done the same thing. I, like I didn't know. No, I swear. I, I swear. Know. I was like, well, uh, good for you then. So if there's hey, a did tie, did you give me my beer then? No. Yeah, I think you still owe Jarrett. Yeah, do I? Yeah. Okay. I finally I... paid you after three years. <laughs> so I guess you can wait next year to see what happens. But double up. I well, lost double up. All right. your, your Buffalo Wild Wings, you could take care of uh, what you owe Jarrett right now, yes. really. So just, you know, throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to get that off I owed Pete for like three years, so I had to go to like, you know. <laughs> but you took care of me, yeah, man. Yeah, finally. Yeah, I did. All right. Coming up next year, Cody Campbell from the Matador Club talks with us about the NIL initiative that he is heading. This should be really interesting because NIL is definitely, uh, if it's not number one, uh, the number one topic in college athletics, it's uh, it's way ahead of whatever's in second place. Uh, so we got that coming up next here. It's the Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd University on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Wiley Implement and Bud Light. It's the Rockin' Interview. Wow, that was a heck of a fanfare right there. We're joined by the head of the Matador Club, a former Red Raider football player, graduate, and now Texas Tech Regent, Cody Campbell. Welcome to the Rockin' Pregame. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you guys. Yeah, Cody, uh, could you explain what the Matador Club is and how it's different than any other NIL collective? Well, the Matador Club um, is Texas Tech's NIL collective. And, um, you know, we, John Sellers, my business partner, and I um, saw what was happening, um, you know, last summer and last fall. Um, You know, the NIL thing happened because of some court decisions and state law changes that happened uh, in the summer of 2021. And so some collectives started forming. And, um, you know, what we saw was that a lot of the collectives were very poorly organized. Um, They were just sort of out there doing one-off deals uh, with individual players, and they weren't following the rules, they weren't following the law. And so what we wanted to do was form something that could be run like a business, um, that could be sustainable for the long term, because we think that this NIL thing is is here for at least a while. And, um, you know, something that was going to be done the right way, so that we were going to you know, make sure that uh, we didn't get anybody in trouble, that, you know, the, the players didn't get in trouble and Texas Tech didn't get in trouble. And so, 
Um, we came up with a structure and an idea. Um, we ran it past the uh, compliance staff at Texas Tech. Uh, we consulted some attorneys, some NCAA compliance attorneys, and uh, we got the thumbs up from everybody um, that this was a, a compliant and a proper way to do it. And so we started filing all the paperwork. We formed a Texas nonprofit corporation, um, filed all the paperwork with the IRS, and set up all the back office structures that we need to run a, a nonprofit organization. And um, and so um, that's what we've done, and we started raising money. Um, you know, and the difference between what we're doing and what other, a lot of others are doing, as I said, uh, many of them are just doing one-off deals with individual players, which, you know, having been on a football team, um, you know, or a few of them, I know that, you know, the locker room dynamic and just having a full team um, is very important. And this is the case for for football especially, but also baseball um, and also basketball. And um, so what we wanted to make sure that we're doing is that every single um, Texas Tech athlete in those three sports gets an NIL deal. Um, we want everybody to feel supported, we want everybody to feel loved, and we want them all to have money in their pockets so they're happy, so they stay around. And we know that if we provide those sports to their to the, that sport to those athletes, that um, you know it'll be become known in the recruiting sphere that you know Texas Tech supports these guys, and it'll make us a more appealing place for for high school recruits and for transfers. And so we thought that this is a you know the best long term strategy possible. And what we're going to do is the Matador Club is is raising money um, and pooling that money, and then um, late this summer we'll enter into contracts with all the athletes and. Um, in exchange for the payment that those athletes receive, um, they're going to go out and do community service work um, in the Lubbock area, and so um, you know, and so that's the that's the actual exchange of value um, that they're going to be um, you know that they're going to be doing. So um, you know, all the paperwork will be properly filed. You know, the tax work will be properly done. Um, but basically, this is locker room money. This is a base salary for the guys. It won't prevent any of them from doing, going out and doing other NIL deals in the community, but. We're going to put a good amount of money in their pockets, and I think that it will really help to support the program and make sure that we have guys that stay with us for a long time, develop themselves, become good players, um, and become good people. Cody, with 100% of the money going to the kids, who ends up picking up the expenses for the day-to-day -day operations? Yeah, so the day-to-day -day expenses are being picked up by John Sellers and me, along with the other board members. Um, so we have uh, Gary Peterson, Terry Fuller, um, Mark McDougal, and Tim Culp. And, um, you know, we have stepped up and written some big checks to, to get everything started, all the organizational costs. Um, you know, we have a, a good website. We have good marketing, social media. And then all the back office work right now and support is coming from uh, my and John's back office, from the double legal back office and all the accounting work and everything. And so, you know, long term, we'd like to have it, you know, stand alone to where it can be on its own two feet and cover its expenses and everything. But, but for the beginning, while we're getting it started, now, we're picking all that up and covering it to make sure that, you know, all the money does go directly to the athletes. As you mentioned, the NIL money that the athletes are getting will be helping them, uh, but they will also be helping charities around the South Plains. How are the charities selected, and uh, how will they benefit? So we're in the process of selecting the charities right now. Um, I think critical in selecting the charities is finding those who will benefit from um, added community awareness, and that's the biggest thing that we can provide them. You know, we can have events, um, you know, at their location and, and basically use the, the name, image, and likeness of these athletes to promote those charities and, and get, get them better known in the community. And so we're looking for those that are a little bit under the radar or that need, additional, that need additional awareness because they have a big need. 
And so that's what we're, you know, right now we're, we're sorting through is just finding the ones that can really benefit from, you know, having, um, you know, football, basketball, baseball players post about them on social media, do an event at their location and come out. And then also we want to find charities where the athletes can actually interact with the community, interact with kids, you know, because that's going to benefit not only the people that they're interacting with, you know, kids kind of gives them good role models and people to look up to, but it also benefits the athletes themselves and gives them a perspective of how, you know, fortunate they are, number one, but also, you know, what an impact they do have in the community and in the place they have in the community and it helps them to understand there's a bigger world around them. So that's the goal is that this is going to bring, you know, stronger ties between Texas Tech Athletics and the community. Um, you know, hopefully drive some support for the programs through that, but also just make those make everyone feel closer and know each other better. All right, head of the Matador Club and Texas Tech Regent Cody Campbell joining us on the Rockin' pregame. So uh, it seems that NIL has turned college sports into the wild, wild west. I mean, just on the surface and what we know now, it's pretty crazy. But is NIL good or bad in your opinion? You know, right now I think the way that it's, it's going, it's not good. Um, you know, I think that Texas Tech has to participate in order to be competitive. And, um, you know, I think that just based on the passion of our fan base, and the size of our fan base, I think that it can end up being an advantage for us and it will be an advantage because we just have more people that are willing to give money toward the program uh, than other programs do. It's just people have to recognize and realize that we all do have to step up and support. We are all a part of the team now, right? I mean, our performance, our ability to give money, whether it's, you know, $100 or 100000 will determine how successful our teams are because this NIO money is driving a lot. But I think in the long run there has to be some controls put on it. I don't think it can just continue to be the Wild West. I don't think that's good for the sport. Um, but right now it's actually an exciting time. It's disruptive. You know, I think a lot of us in football saw that it was hard to kind of break into that upper echelon of top teams. And, um, you know, a lot of those top programs are having a hard time competing because they just don't have the, the donor support. And some of the programs that that don't have donor support would be pretty surprising to you. And so I think it's an opportunity for us to get ahead. So I'm actually excited about the disruption um, as, as far as it pertains to Texas Tech and think that it's going to end up being something that helps us out. Cody, how do you balance team loyalty and chemistry when players might not get the same NIL money? Yeah, I think that's a, it, it, that's a huge problem. And, and I, you know, from what I understand, there are a lot of programs that are having major issues in their locker room because, you know, some new recruit got promised a big deal and he's getting paid a whole bunch even though he hasn't played it down yet. And then you've got the, you know, guy that started three years at, at right guard who's, who's not getting anything. And, you know, so he's, it just creates a lot of dissension and, you know, it, it cuts, uh, it, it breaks the team apart. It pushes the team apart. And, and that's what we don't want to have at Tech. And that's why we're approaching the Matador Club in the way that we are and that we are going to give everybody money, right? We're going to support every single person. Because we know that the kid who's a three-star coming out of high school, and we've seen this at Tech time and time again, but we know the kid He's a three-star coming out of high school. He has the right mindset. He's willing to work hard. You know, maybe he's a late bloomer. Um, you know, maybe he's he was under-recruited. We get him in attack. We redshirt him. We, you know, get him in the weight room. We develop. He can be as good as a five-star player by the time he's a junior or a senior. And that's how we've had success at Tech. And so we want to make sure that that kid, while he's in the in the, you know, he's grinding, you know, and he's working hard and making himself better. He is supported. He's taken care of. He feels good at Tech. He knows that we love him, and that's what we're trying to do through the Matador Club. 
Hey, Cody, you were part of the committee that hired Joey McGuire. As a former player, alumni, and current regent, how excited are you about the future of Red Raider football? I could not be any more excited about where the program is heading right now. I think Coach McGuire is doing a great job. We all see what he's doing in recruiting. It's just incredible. we got to make sure we hang on to those commitments that he's gotten, and NIL is going to be a, a part of that, making sure those kids understand that you know, they, they are going to be supported once they get to Tech. We can't make many promises on the front end, but, you know, they need to know that we're organized and, and are going to support them when they get there. Um, you know, I think that he is he's an incredible person, incredible personality. He has more energy than anybody I've ever been around, uh, but he's also authentic. It's not, it's not a show. It's not an act. Um, he is what he is, and, you know, I, I think he's the perfect fit for the program. You know, on top of that, we have so much momentum from a facility standpoint. Um, you know, we've, we've raised a bunch of money for new facilities projects, and we have a lot of support there. Um, and I, I just think that the, overall the university is supporting the athletics department and the football program in particular probably in a stronger way than it ever has. And so it's a weird time in college athletics, a, a disruptive time in college athletics, but I do think that right now Tech has a real chance to kind of take another step up and get ahead of, of a lot of the people that, that have been um, – you know, that we haven't been competing as favorably with in the last few years, and, and I'm really excited about it. So, you know, Texas Tech fans are some of the most passionate anywhere. Say something bad about Tadlock or Adams, and they're going to come running with pitchforks and torches. You know what I'm talking about. So how do you take that kind of passion and capture it for the Matador Club, especially, you know, when you could be giving money to a player who might decide to transfer because they think the grass is greener elsewhere? Well, what I think we're going to see is that if we do support the whole roster, we're going to have we're going to have guys stay around. I mean, we're already seeing less of the transfer stuff than most uh, programs are, just because we have a good culture and a good environment with Coach McGuire right now. Um, but I think that you know over time we're going to see less of that in our program because we're doing things the way that we are. Um, but I think more than anything, our fans just our, our alumni and fans need to think about you know I'm just I'm supporting Texas Tech. And I am part of the team. And honestly, like that financial sport is the is your role. You know, everybody. You know, we, every team you're on, everybody says every every player has a role. You know, everybody has a job. And with NIL in the world that we're living in, this NIL world, the role of the alumni, the role of the fans, is to contribute financially so that we can be competitive. And that is just a fact of the world that we live in. And so we just need everybody to do their part and step up. And like I said, if it's you know, if it's a hundred bucks, if it's a hundred thousand, whatever you can do, we need you to do it. And um, we want to have, you know, we want this thing to be a crowdfunded type platform. Um, you know, it's not going to be sustainable in the long term if we're relying on just a few large donors. Um, you know, we want thousands of Red Raiders, um, you know, to be involved. And we have 300,000 living alumni, and um, again, a lot of them have very, very strong feelings and love their time in Lubbock and are very passionate about it and very loyal. And, um, you know, we, we've all seen that through, you know, the basketball success we had. We can remember it back when, you know, we were winning and, you know, uh, back in the Leach days and the, the stadium was just insane and how excited everybody was. So people really care about Tech. And, um, you know, and we're, we're tapping into that through the Matador Club. Texas Tech football alum and head of the Matador Club, Cody Campbell, joining us on the Rock and Pregame. How can the Red Raiders stay competitive when you have schools like Alabama, USC, Texas, Texas A&M, the big boys throwing around big NIL amounts of money to players for them to sign? Yeah, so I, I think that what you'd be surprised is like 
you talked about Alabama. Alabama is struggling in the NIL space because they don't have great donor support. They have huge operating revenue through TV and ticket sales and merchandise and that kind of thing, but they don't have a culture of giving, and so they're having a hard time. Um, you know, I'll acknowledge it's probably going to be tough for us to keep up with the Texas A&Ms of the world um, just because they are so strong on the donor front. And, you know, they have uh, the 12th Man Foundation, which is separate from the university that can be used as a conduit in I.O., and so they have some advantages that the rest of us don't have. Um, but, you know, we know we can be successful at Tech without getting the five-star guys. If we can, you know, take all the four-star guys that, you know, we're competing in Oklahoma State and Baylor and TCU and, and um, those types of programs for, um, we're going to do great. And, um, and that's what we're going after. But once we get them there, get them to stay, get them to be happy, get them to be developed. And if we get those four-star players and develop them, we are going to win the Big 12, especially the new Big 12. If we win the new Big 12, we go to the playoff. When you get to the playoff, you never know what's going to happen. And so that's what we're going for right now is just, you know, let's, let's beat the group of, te- of schools that we compete with day in and day out. And, you know, Texas is very scattershot. They're not very organized. They're throwing a lot of money at it. But I, I think we can actually be more competitive with them because we're going to take care of our locker room better. And once we get the kids on campus, we're going to be more focused on keeping them and developing them. And that's how we've, we've beaten Texas in the past. And now I actually think, you know, we're going to get a better quality of player, especially just given how good of a job Coach McGuire does at recruiting. Um, yeah, I think we're going to do just fine. And especially in the new Big 12, I think we can win that thing on a consistent basis if we just, you know, step up, stay organized, and keep the momentum uh, that we have in place right now. But we really do need everybody to give. Like, everybody needs to go to matadorclub.org, contribute online, or you can send a check-in. Um, the address is there on the website as well. Um, but, you know, again, just give what you can give, and we need every single Red Raider to do it. And if we do that, um, we're going we're gonna to have a lot of success in the next few years. Hey, Cody, what would you say is the, the goal of the Matador Club? Are you happy with 500 big donors or 50,000 small donors? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what we want is, you know, we'd like, we'd like to have, you know, four or 5,000 people that are giving, you know, $1,000 a year, and then we'd like to have 10,000 that are giving 200 a year. You know, um, we want – that's what we're looking for long term is to build that part of it up. We have the big donors. Like, you know, I, I know all those people – we can call them and contact them, and they've all been very supportive, and that's how we've been able to get off to a good start here. But we really do need uh, the people who can afford to give, you know, 25, 100, 50 bucks a month, whatever it is, and um, you know, just to help us out and you know, support the thing long term. Again, that's how it becomes sustainable, and that's how we are consistent, and that's how we develop this program. All right, so ahead of the Matador uh, Club and Texas Tech Regent Cody Campbell joining us on the Rock and Pregame. Other than the South End project, uh, what's the next project you'd like to see built for Texas Tech sports? Well, this South End Zone and FTF project, uh, football training facility, is going to be a phenomenal project, and I hope that we can roll it all out soon. Um, it's going to be pretty massive and pretty cool, and I, I feel like that's going to be something that, sets us apart to the extent that we're not going to have to do a whole lot um, uh, once that project is done. I, I think we'll be, we will have the best facilities in the conference um, once that project is done. And so I don't think there's like an urgent need for another big facilities project once that one is complete. I think it's going to kind of give us everything we need. And I'm thrilled about it and very excited about it. And 
again, the, the support that we've gotten from it um, from donors has, has been terrific. And, you know, I think it's great that we're striking while the iron is hot and, and getting it done. So I'm, I'm really optimistic about that one and, you know, really just focused on uh, getting it across the finish line right now and getting it built. Cody, once again, how can people get involved? So go to matadorclub.org, and you can give there at that website. Um, you can also send a check in, which is great as well. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, web, the address, the physical address is on the website. It's a Lubbock address. And, you know, we'll process your donation, send you a gift receipt. Um, we have applied for our tax-exempt status uh, with the IRS. They're backed up right now, so we haven't gotten the approval and probably won't get it for a few months. But we expect that all the donations will be retroactively um, tax-deductible um, once we get that approval. So um, go in and, and give. Uh, do all you can. Do what you can. And, um, you know, whether it's on a one-time gift or monthly basis, um, again, matadorclub.org, you can get all the information. And, you know, feel free to reach out as well. Um, you can on the website if you have any questions. And, um, you know, and we'll get back to you and, and uh, answer anything that we can. But really appreciate everybody's support. And uh, once again, you know, what you're doing, appreciate the people who have already supported. And uh, what you've done is just absolutely critical to our success, and we really appreciate it. Cody Campbell, head of the Matador Club, former Red Ritter football player, graduate, now Texas Tech Regent. Thank you so much for your time and your input. Yeah, thank you. All right, that was very interesting there. Appreciate Cody uh, jumping on the phone with us for a while today. All right, we uh, come back here next. It is, uh, you know what, the uh, Lubbock Matadors, the new professional soccer team. They uh, actually have that first game coming up tomorrow, and uh, we'll be joined by Dustin McCorkle from the Lubbock Matadors as well as uh, head coach Paul Gilbert. Coming up next here, we're live at Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd University, and uh, come on out and grab something to eat with us today and uh, just in, start enjoying your Friday. Uh, we're at the 82nd University location. It is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. On Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Meineke and Michelob Ultra. All right, so it's a big weekend in Lubbock. The new soccer team, the Lubbock Matadors. Play gets underway. First game tomorrow. We've got to GM Dustin McCorkle, head coach Paul Gilbert with us today on the Rock and Pregame. Thanks for dropping by today, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, so this is uh, an exciting time right here, I guess, huh? Oh, uh, we're beyond excited we're all tired uh but uh that's because we're ready to put on a big show for everybody saturday all well right. dustin give us the the 411 i know you're playing fort worth tomorrow but some people might not have heard about you even though you guys have done a great job getting around the community give everybody the details because you got to have their face in the place tomorrow night yeah i appreciate that Pete. i think we did a really good job of uh, having some community support for buzz um but i think the big thing i just want everybody to know tomorrow five o'clock pre-game party starts uh, we'll have two docs out there. We just released our uh, co-branded beer last night at their place, which was phenomenal. Uh, it's delicious. Uh, so that'll be available for sale out there. Uh, we'll have some food trucks. We've got a live band coming out. Uh, we'll have tents set up to protect you from that heat and sun tomorrow. Uh, but that'll be the pre-set up to the 7.30 kickoff. Uh, along with our post-game party at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings in uh, Wolferth. Well, Coach, uh, talk to us about this team and, and how you kind of put it together. I got to come out to practice yesterday, and, you know, it's not just uh, – it's guys from all over the world, Ireland, England, and you're bringing the best of the best here to Lubbock. Yeah, I think that's been uh, really, really fun, really exciting. A lot of creativity goes into the recruiting piece, right, because you have this idea of, 
hey, this is how we want to play, this is who we want to be, this is our identity, and then you got to go find those players, and then you got to recruit them to come here. Uh, because m most guys, quite frankly, are going to have several options uh, to go play at different places. So for us, it started in February, identifying guys, having Skype meetings and Zoom calls and all that stuff. I mean, we, mu we must have had Zoom calls with 60 to 70 different potential players, and uh, eventually we get guys committed, signed, and, and then, then we got to go through the logistics of, okay, when can you get here? When do your finals end? When can you deal with the uh, visitor's visa stuff so yeah I mean there's a lot of logistical things that go into to getting them here outside of of just uh, identifying See, that's what I was just wonder because with soccer being uh, so huge globally I mean there's thousands and thousands and thousands of potential players I mean how do you even start you get a team you go well okay I mean what do you do does even get to a point where you got a short list or, or a long short list or something even start identifying those guys how's that work yeah so i think for us it starts with what we call our game model and so the game model is a series of principles ideas thoughts about how the game of football is played and so you have your positions and your ideal player for each position and so for for my staff and i uh yuri sadula being my, my assistant for us, it was, this is who we want to be. These are the play type of players we want to recruit. And now we got to go find those players via video, via past relationships, also relationships with other coaches that around the country. And then we got to see if there's interest there from them. And when there is, we typically have a Zoom call. Then we kind of say, hey, okay, like, what, what does this kid fit what we want as a, as a person, as a player? And and really someone that can connect in the community. And then we make an offer and give them a week or two, and, and that's kind of how the how it goes. Okay, interesting. Well, you got this vision and this plan. You, you picked out these guys. They're here. Is the vision and plan going to work with the, the guys you have now? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, when, when I'm at training, sometimes I'm able to step back and just see, okay, that that's the picture I saw in my head. That's what... I wanted there. That's what I want here. How can we help this guy uh, be a little bit more uh, conducive to our game model? And yeah, I think we've done a really good job of that so far. And and I guess the real test is now does it work? And so uh, that that's just the fun part of coaching and managing is bringing all these pieces to fit kind of your vision and and does that vision win games so is there a is it like in american football where you know some teams are are built on a high scoring offense some are built on a powerful defense soccer i mean or football sorry I'll, I'll, <laughs> you know, but yeah uh it, it's like you know the, the scoring obviously is not anything like it would be in american football but it is is this team going to be a, an offensive team or defensive or is it balanced or what what kind of philosophy do you try to impart there yeah it's so true so i've done a little presentation on this before but i think a team identity is the most important thing that everyone within your community within your program club whatever you want to call it knows like this is who we are when we play and this is what we're going to do and you, if you think of great teams, like you think of um, the Golden State Warriors and the Splash Brothers, or I, I don't know, name your football team that's ground and pound. 
and they have that identity that this is who we are, this is what we believe in, and when everyone can can see that, can speak that, and go do it, I think it, it really helps with the team culture and, and getting everyone on the same page. First game tomorrow night, 7.30 against Fort Worth. And, and Coach, you know, I know there are some big soccer fans, but maybe some aren't soccer fans, but this isn't just a game. Uh, we talked yesterday, this is an event. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we got the block party before, which is going to be a festival-like atmosphere, a lot of fun, food, drinks, all the good stuff there. And then you get to go to the match. And we have a, a great supporters group, a, a, a core group of guys that have come together, uh, guys and girls, I should say, that have come together to kind of educate maybe the non-soccer fan of soccer culture fandom and the chanting and the singing and the drums and the flags. And they're going to be there every match. And I just encourage people, just say, like, jump all in. Like, get into it and making an event for yourself, have a good time, and uh, enjoy 90, 90 minutes of fun. And just to touch on that, our supporters group, they already have a name, they're called the Mozos. And uh, it means those who run with the Bulls. Hmm, okay. um, so they have an Instagram page, so people can go uh, get involved, but uh, they're actually gonna be starting our march to the match with uh, drums. Uh, they found somebody last night at the, the party that plays trumpet, and uh, they're gonna be leading a, a music march to the match uh, from our pregame party into the stadium tomorrow night. So um, they got flags ready to go with PVC pipe. Um, they got their chants. Uh, we're working on getting some of their chants put up on there so that people can sing along with them. Uh, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know Coach is working hard at making sure that we're going to bring home a win for Saturday. But I think uh, regardless, what I think the fans need to know is uh, we're working really hard on just having a really cool family experience. It's fun for everybody. So win, lose, or draw, um, we're going to be out there uh, providing a really cool experience for the fans. Oh, you no, know, sports is entertainment. I mean, you know, and so it sounds like, like you said, it's an event. I mean, it's not, you know, don't don't worry that maybe you don't know a lot about soccer or something, but just coming out and, and enjoying it, being a part of the the event aspect of it. And along the way, you start learning a little bit more about the game and probably get uh, get hooked on it just from you know seeing it in person. Totally, I, I think uh, tomorrow night is a great way to start a new family tradition in Lubbock, Texas. Um, we're here to stay and we're going to be building on what we're doing. So I would say is like what's going to be really cool is looking in the future. There's going to be a lot of people that get to say I was at the first ever match. Um, and I will tell you the first 500 fans that show up tomorrow night, especially if you have kids, uh, United's giving out co-branded mini soccer balls. Uh, so it'll be a really cool giveaway uh, for people to take home tomorrow night. And All maybe right. somebody's listening right now and man, I want to get tickets right now. How can they do that? And then maybe they are busy at work and can they just walk up tomorrow? Give us the details of yeah, tickets. Yeah, so uh, we encourage everybody to go to loveitmatadors.com, purchase your tickets in advance. You get a little bit of a discount. Uh, but we will have walk-up tomorrow night. Uh, if you have your phone, that's the best and easiest way to do it. Uh, but we will have our box office open tomorrow as well. Uh, but go onto our shop site, grab your tickets, um, and check out all the different experiences you can uh, apply for as well. And then, you know, uh, you know, I watch the Olympics, and they do a story on the German guy, and I'm rooting for him. Uh, you know, fans got to meet these guys. How can they do that? I know there's autograph sessions and things. Yes, so I would, I would tell everybody uh, this will be a little bit different from any other sporting event. Do not get up from your seat right as the game is over and walk out. Uh, we're going to set up an autograph alley. 
uh, with the players. So the, the players will actually come over, thank the fans. Um, we'll do a little bit of a soccer tradition, so that may be new for people. Uh, but we will set up a place for you and your family to go uh, get in line and let your kids get autographs. So uh, we'll have our merch trailer out there. Go buy your gear, and uh, you can take that down and have the players sign it on their way out. All awesome. Right. Coach, how you feeling? You got the lineup set? You ready to go tomorrow night? Yeah, we just wrapped up training our last session uh, this morning. And, you know, it, we've, we've had guys coming in this week, and, um, yeah, I think we're all set, ready to go, barring any uh, unforeseen injury or illness. We, we've got our 11, and we've got our 18 for, for the, the total roster for the match. And, I mean, we're excited. We're excited. Like, like I've told the players, we, we want to build this team up so that in June and July we are at our very best and we're flying towards the playoffs. And so I think I've seen that across my teams throughout my career is just a gradual buildup of the style of play, the togetherness of the group to where in the postseason we can make some noise. And so hopefully tomorrow begins that journey and the first step for, for this group this summer. All right. Uh, we appreciate it. It's Dustin McCorkland, Paul Gilbert from the Lubbock Matadors. And uh, that first game coming up tomorrow, Lowry Field. And, uh, man, we appreciate it. I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, thank, thank you for letting me ask some of my uh, elementary questions. I'm not, you know, I, I, soccer's not something I know a ton about. Uh, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing, seeing the games and, and getting into it, you know. I love it. And I'll just share one more thing. If you're unable to make it to the match tomorrow, we are going to be live streaming the game. Uh, so go follow us on our social channels. Facebook uh, is the way that you'll be able to watch the game. Also, Buffalo Wild Wings is working on watch party spots, so they should have a couple of TVs, even though Canelo is fighting tomorrow night uh, for us, uh, so if you want to catch the game. All right, very good. Yeah, that's Buffalo Wild Wings. This is one thing you can always count on, man. They figure out ways to get all the games on. and <laughs> They got enough yeah, TVs. <laughs> that's right. That's for sure. Yeah, just look around here. So, uh, But, yeah, again, Dustin McCorkle, Paul Gilbert from the Lubbock Matadors. Thanks for dropping by. We'll look forward to uh, talking to you guys again in the future here. Good luck at the first inaugural game coming up tomorrow. And uh, more to come here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, 82nd University on Rock 101. Red Raider Baseball. Keep your hand on your gun. All right, some Red Raider Baseball. You know, it's uh, Tech still like third place in the Big 12. And, you know, it's it's weird. This season doesn't feel that great. Just be, And I think right. it's all because of this, the Sunday struggles, right. the, the bullpen. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's just yeah. been some things this year that we have have grown accustomed to not happening. And so this year... You feel like this has been a terrible season, but my gosh, yeah, third place in the Big Twelve, and I think they're I mean, only two you know, games back. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and they got Oklahoma State, who's ahead of them. You, you can got a chance, right? You got a chance on the road this this right. time. That'd be yeah, tough, but uh, yeah. but but still, it it's it hasn't been a disaster of a season. I just think the we the bar has been You're raised right. so high that you know we just Omaha used to or it. Bust. And, it is right. Year. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so what what else can you tell us here, Pete? Well, you know, they had one game this week. They went to Abilene Christian, uh, had a uh, school record attendance, 4,087 fans were there, a lot of Red Raider fans. Uh, and, of course, ACU beat Tech last week here in Lubbock. So the Red Raiders go down there, and, and they fall behind early, and then – uh, you know, man, it just became a you know a dogfight, and Tech pulled it out 16 to 12. Uh, got a midweek win, something they haven't done in a while. But you know, the Red Raiders are 32 and 16, 11 and 7 in conference, 10 and 9 away, 20 and 3 at home, 
two and four neutral site. Uh, they're going to attack finals this week, and then uh, they got to attack this final road game. They're going to go on the road, three games at Oklahoma State, who's uh, you know on top. They're ranked number three in the nation right now. Uh, that's going to be next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then the following week it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's eight, 19, 20, 21. Oklahoma's in town. Of course, you already saw Oklahoma once lost a non-conference game uh, in Amarillo to them. So you got six games left uh, to make a dent before the Big 12 tournament, which is the 25th of May through the 29th at Globe Life Field. Uh, that's going to be exciting to have it there. But, uh, you know, you're still battling for, for positioning in this NCAA tourney. And, you know, maybe you win all six. Maybe you can still possibly host. But, you know, while they're number nine and, uh, you know, struggled, uh, they're 51 in the RPI, which, you know, is, is concerning. And, uh, you know, if you look at D1 baseball, it does a great job. Uh, they've got the projections out. And right now, uh, Tech is, one, projected to go on the road, two, they're not even a two seed. Uh, they're a three seed. You got Penn as a four seed, Tech as a three seed. Uh, now I'm forgetting who two was, but one is Gonzaga. Oh, two is Oregon. And they got the, the it's the Spokane Regional. So at this point, you know, you're battling to maybe get a two seed. And then, you know, who knows? Other teams lose. So, you know, you got to take it a game at a time. And that's why, you know, they've lost a few. And, but, you know, there's way more games to play. And then, you know, the thing I look at is, of course, Friday, Saturday, they always seem to win. we got two great, great, reliable pitchers. Uh, you're going to be playing best of three series. You're still in a good good place there. And, you know, the bats got to get hot. So, you know, it's baseball. Anything can happen. Uh, we're, we're still in a good spot, the Red Raiders. And, uh, you know, right now they're they going to attack those finals. And, uh, you know, that's important for these kids. And then they'll get back there next week at Oklahoma State. Uh, it's going to be on Big 12 plus. You, you, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings has got you covered. But, uh, you know, this team, uh, you know, they, they're – They've struggled, but, man, maybe they can put it together here late May, get us into June, and, and take it all the way. Well, if you can go win, win, get a series win against uh, OSU. And that's that the other be, thing. They you know, keep winning. I think they've won every series but one, uh, but a lot of them have been 2-1 to because they win Friday, Saturday, and they lose Sunday, just like they did, you know, West Virginia. So, uh, you know, uh, I still think they're in a good position. Yeah. All right. There's your uh, Texas Tech Red Rare baseball update. Coming up here next, it is time to get back to some recruiting updates for the week from inside the RedRaiders.com. Jarrett uh, gets us updated on Texas Tech basketball recruiting. When we come back here live from Buffalo Wild Wings on 82nd uh, and University on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Sponsored by Cotton Court Hotel. B Equipment and Weston Water Well Drilling and Pump Service. Inside the Red Raiders Recruiting News, basketball. All right, so earlier in the show, we uh, got you updated on football recruiting. If you missed any of that, you know, always, uh, if, if you're not a subscriber yet to InsideTheRedRaiders.com, you need to do that because Jared and his team. Uh, they've, they've always got uh, the lowdown on all Texas Tech recruiting, and it's uh, it's a it's a great place to uh, to stay updated. I always I always like it out every single day. So that's inside the RedRaiders.com. So let's uh, get to some basketball recruiting. 
Uh, Tech, I know, like the transfer, you know, as far as the yeah. rankings for transfers and stuff, Tech has got, like, don't they still have, like, the top the transfer top. class yeah, yeah. in the nation? We're yeah. living in a world where Tech has the number two football recruiting high school class in the country, and the basketball team has the number one transfer class right now. Dang. So that's pretty incredible. That's why I was telling everybody to relax. Like, there's a lot of talent coming in, you know. Um, you know, we mentioned Davion Harmon last couple of shows. It's official. I think today Tech announced uh, while we were on the air uh, that he signed with the Red Raiders, so that's that's good. Um, I mean, that's not surprising, but still it's good to see it official when they sign, you know. And then uh, I think when we were on the air last week was or right after we got off the air, uh, huge commitment through the portal for Texas Tech with Fardals Amek, 6'11 center out of Utah Valley. That guy looks mean. I mean, he he, he looks like a guy who's gonna who could be a force in the Big 12. You need kind of a big, mean kind of guy like that. Yeah, and he's he's long, but he's also skilled. He averaged yeah. 19 points and 14 rebounds, one and a half blocks last year. Go ahead, Pete. I was gonna say, uh, and I saw him talk afterwards, and he had other schools who were gonna pay him better NIL money, mm -hmm. but he thought he could become an even better player under Mark Adams, who said, I can help make you a lottery pick and improve you defensively and stuff, and that was more attractive to him than the money. See, that's the thing. There's more money. Players that want to He's take still up. getting money. But the guy maybe has more of a long view on things right. as, a poor, uh, as, a, you know, as opposed to just some short-term payoff or something. Yeah, interesting. All right. So I really like, like, we just look at Davion Harmon and uh, Amek here, who you're talking about looks mean, he's yeah. long and all that. Uh, so with this no middle switching defense that we've, we've seen that's propelled yeah. Tech to you know where it is, basically, uh, with Davion Harmon switching, he's 6'2". He's athletic, he's a veteran, all that, but he's still 6'2". But having a guy like Bacho back there, like Amek back there, mm -hmm. to clean up any mistakes on, on, on drives and stuff like that is a huge plus. Yeah. So that's how this kind of – because I've been getting that question a lot. Like, you know, Tech's been playing 6'6 six, six and 6'7 six, guards, you know, with, with bigs. Right. So they could switch. You know, yeah. everybody can guard basically everybody. Uh, how does this change things with someone like Pop Isaacs who – is a you know, top high school recruit, four-star guy you have coming in. You know, same thing about six two, six three. How is he going to guard a six eight so guy? So, change the philosophy of anything? No, you think, I think you, just, well, you have to adjust. You know, you have to have. Uh, I'm not saying he is that, but a Tariq Owens type, mm -hmm. somebody to clean up those mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like a really good safety, where if guys up front lose their gap responsibility in football, you got that safety that comes in and just stops the play. You know, right, it doesn't. Yeah. The five-yard game doesn't become a 50-yard game. You know what I mean? And so that's what—that's the way I envision what they're doing, what their what their vision is for uh, this this personnel. And you know, there's so many guys uh, leaving uh, that I know, I know is giving a lot of people anxiety. And I, I recently just I think yesterday posted a a video just breaking down where is the roster right now and. Bryson Williams and Adonis Arms, Marcus Santosilva, obviously going to the NFL. Davion Warren, he's been working. He had a good workout, uh, I heard, the other day. No thunder, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, those guys, I mean, they ran out of eligibility. Arms has said repeatedly, like, he wished he had another Absolutely. year to come play attack. I wish he did, too. I, lo I love that guy. Uh, but McCuller worked out with the Celtics, too, didn't he? The, yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. So yeah. McCuller, you know, was testing waters and then posted his top two of Kansas and Gonzaga yeah. if he doesn't go to the NBA. Terrence Shannon moved home to Illinois. You know, I, I get that. You know, I do. Yeah. Uh, so those guys are gone. Agbo transferred to Boise State. Chibuzo Agbo. You hate to see that, but you understand. Yeah. He wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time here, and he probably would 
win next year as well with the guys coming in. Miley Wilson into the transfer portal. And then we were just talking during the break, Clarence Nadalny, though nothing's been announced, he's not expected to come back. He's expected to play pro ball, maybe in France where he's from, right. but somewhere over in Europe, which, again, that makes sense to me too. I get it. You know, want to move back home, ready to take the next step as a pro i get it isn't it crazy though that i mean again i think in you know football there's going to be you know there's obviously a lot of transfers and things but basketball you got such a small roster right. anyway so suddenly when all these guys are leaving i mean you're just like it, it does it, it makes you think oh my gosh what is happening yeah what's happening nobody wants to be it they don't love us anymore they don't i think that's where you know earlier in the show we we're talking about you just got to readjust your expectations of fan of this is probably what it's gonna be every year you're gonna have a mostly new roster, yeah. and it's just the way it is, you know, and so there's some excitement about that as well. You know? Well, before we even get to that, so who's staying? Like, all these people <laughs> are leaving. Who's staying? You know, well, I think the first thing we got to mention is Kevin O'Banner, his decision to come back. The guy averaged a double-double each of the last two NCAA tournaments. I think he ha actually posted a double-double in all six uh, NCAA tournament games over the last two years, first for Oral Roberts and then last year, I mean, yeah. just just this past season. He was great. I mean, that 15.14 rebound performance against Notre Dame, Tech doesn't win that game without him showing out like that. I mean, he, uh, what he does on the boards and then his ability to step out, knock down deep shots, which he was much better in that respect later in the season. And then uh, he is able to score inside when given an opportunity. That is a huge uh, part of the game returning for Texas Tech. And I'm excited. I, did you see Coach Rich put out, <clears throat> he's even better. He's working real hard. Uh, and and uh, just, I saw some good video. Even if he's exactly what he was right. last year, but that would be, be good. That would be great. Yeah. That would be amazing if he was. Uh, Daniel Bacho, uh, he was the most athletic, the tallest guy on your team. Uh, he, his ceiling is so high. To me, I think he has the most NBA potential out of all the guys on this last team. Really? Yeah, wow, okay. because of his length, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> his ability, his mobility, uh, the fact that his offensive game can expand so much. Um, you watch him get end-to-end, -end, block a shot on one end, then go throw it down somebody's head on the other. There's just not a lot of guys like that. See, and that was, I think, the, the thing that surprised me the most about him this year was for his size how athletic he was yeah. and how, how, you know, he runs. I mean, he, you know, a lot of times those big guys like that, you know, they, they're good at standing under the basket, but yeah. that's about it. He's got to improve his perimeter defense when they switch like we're talking mm -hmm. about, you know, because around the rim, I mean, he's already got it. That just comes natural oh, yeah. to him. But he's got to improve when he switches on the perimeter. They're going to have to adjust something for him, I don't know what that would be. That's why Mark Adams gets paid the big bucks. Right. But then offensively, he's got to develop like a little baby jump hook or some kind of go-to move mm -hmm. so that – if they, you know, want to throw the, dump the ball down to him, he can, make, you know, get some points. Even like a Marcus Santos Silva type, who had those kind of little baby hooks that he could go right, to. Yeah. He's got to develop something. He can't just be, you know, an athletic dude running yeah, up and down the yeah. court. He's, he's got to take that next step. And I, I think he will. Uh, KJ Allen, the Netflix uh, last chance U star, who, you know, he got some playing time late in the season last year, and he produced. I, he, I, he averaged over one point a game, which I mean, that's yeah. not a ton. But that surprised me because yeah. you didn't see him all that much, really. And he, the fact yeah. that he even averaged over a point a game, I thought, wow, okay. Well, and that was such a deep team last year. That was an unusually right, yeah. deep team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he had like an 8.6 rebound game, like Big 12 game late in the season. That was yeah. big when there were some injuries or whatever. Uh, so I, he needs, not that he's fat. I mean, it's not especially by our standards. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel like if he shed a few more pounds, got a little more better shape, I think that, that right. would help his uh, – you know his agility and defensively, really more than offensively, because yeah. um, he's a great dunker. We all know that he came right. to the program being a great dunker, uh, but just 
his agility on the defensive end needs yeah. to because might help a little quickness in possibly, the Big Twelve yeah. again with that switching defense. They'll just start isoing him with these Big Twelve guards, yeah. and they'll just. I mean, it's like you see in the NBA playoffs. They find a mismatch on. They'll just keep going to it. These right. coaches are smart in the Big 12, so uh, he needs to improve there. But if he can and not be a liability in that way, he is a good rebounder, mm-hmm. and he is a pretty good offensive player. Yeah. I mean, he is. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's ready to go in, in that regard. So that's who's coming back as well as Ethan Duncan, um, local local kid. Guy has range from he can pull from half court. And, you know, the coaches don't get mad. He's got the ultimate green light, you know. So uh, well, like him. I, I yeah. want you're, you're talking about you know Harmon and uh, you know some of these guys that are yeah. smaller guards six two. Yeah, Ethan Duncan isn't even six no. two. He's no, like he's, he's like five he's, nine. Or no, something he's or six ten. foot. I mean, I've interviewed him. Is he six feet? I'm tall? six four. I've stood wow. next to him. He's he's you know he's six feet tall. When you see him around the other guys on the team, well, yeah, he, he looks like, he's like, height, like you know? look Steve Nash on TV, and then you see him, and he's like you know he's taller than you. You know, yeah. I mean, like so he can be six feet tall. He just looks like he's five feet tall because he's around. Yeah, next to like Bryson Williams or Bacho or something. Right, it's crazy though. Uh, well, it's like, you know, Mavs are my team. Luka Doncic is 6'7". Yeah. He doesn't look 6'7 when you watch him on TV. Right. You know, he's yeah. a monster. Those guys are <laughs> monsters. They're freaks. Uh, he is small, though. and But his role would be, obviously, as a three-point shooter to, to A stretch, specialist, maybe. To yes, come in, yeah. to stretch the defense. But I don't expect him to play necessarily a lot next season. He's coming okay. off a shoulder. That's what my next question yeah, is. Yeah, he had that look in your eye. He had that... that Shoulder injury, he recovered, and I saw him like you know practice with the team during the tournament, and all that, and he still got that range. But yeah, I, I think it would be in a very limited role. But there yeah. still is a role for him, right. and you know he could develop with, with with the program. So then that's you get to okay, that's who's leaving, this is who's staying, who's joining. Uh, you know, Pop Isaacs is the first guy I got to mention. Uh, Texas Tech has the number 22 as it stands right now. The number it's going to be better here pretty soon. The number 22. Uh, recruiting cl- high school recruiting class in the country, highlighted by Pop Isaacs and Lamar Washington, both four-star guards. Pop Isaacs is more of the traditional point guard. He's going to penetrate and look for teammates, but he can score. I mean, if they need him to score 30 on one night, I, he has that ability. Wow. He can score as a penetrator. He's got a variety of floaters and runners, but he's also a good three-point shooter. Um, he's c- considered a top recruit for a reason. You know when you're not a basketball player and you have a variety <laughs> of floaters and runners? That's probably a trip to the doctor, I think. But Yeah. yeah. Hopefully those out people out there listening are basketball fans. They know what I'm talking about. He has a variety of shots that he can uh, make uh, from different angles and uh, different parts of the court. Yeah. He's, a, he's a gifted scorer. But he's really more Which of Which Tech needs. They need. <laughs> and they also need facilitators, and he's more of that, too. Uh, He's going to get his teammates involved. Does it seem like just with the the guys that are putting together now, the, the, this this may they should definitely be better in the like point guard area Absolutely. of guys that are facilitators. I mean, yeah. it seems like they've they're making a conscious effort to get better in There's that area. No yeah. doubt, they're making a conscious effort to get better in terms of ball handling and, and guys creating offense, but also with him and Davion Harmon, but also Lamar Washington, but also in shooting. Uh, it's not just trying to find point guards, guys who could create. They need – obviously, shooting was the big weakness last year. Right. They were maybe the best defensive team in the country, and uh, they manufactured points. And they had Bryson Williams, who was you know, yeah. amazing, a uh, scoring machine. But shooting was not it – was, it was a problem. And it cost right. them against Duke. I mean, it did. So uh, they've made a conscious effort to get to improve in both those areas. Pop Isaacs out of Las, uh, Nevada is one of those. Uh, Lamar Washington out of uh, Oregon, I believe, uh, is another one. He's a 6'3", 6'4", 
uh, like two guard, combo guard. He can play some point, but I really see him more as a wing. He's very athletic, though. Uh, he was a three-star football recruit as well. He chose basketball. Oh, wow. uh, he's a four-star basketball recruit, so I, he probably made the right decision. Uh, very good player. Uh, Robert Jennings is a six-seven forward out of the DFW area, like DeSoto area. Um, he's in one of those versatile wing guys that Coach Adams likes to plug into his defense, and uh, he's very good on the break. <clears throat> so those are the high school guys. Already mentioned Devion Harmon, uh, Fardal's a mech. Uh, those guys are coming in. Uh, Jalen Tyson has been here, of course, uh, top 20 type recruit. He's a prolific scorer at all three levels, three-point shooting, uh, you know, jumper, and getting to the rack. Uh, I, I remember watching him out there in San, uh, yeah, San Francisco practicing with the team, and he has a Big 12 body, like physique already. He's ready to go. So you, you know, he, is he a guy you really expect to I, make I expect a, him to a, start. an impact? Yeah, he's, and okay. be one of the leading scorers. Like oh. I, he's, he is that level of a player. So I, I really like him. And then Damarian Williams transferred in from Gardner-Webb. Another 6'5 guard. Shot 41% from the field, 38% from, from deep, and shot a lot of threes. Uh, very good defender, 6'5. Uh, good free throw shooter. So he's a more efficient type of versatile wing. You know, okay, more yeah. efficient shooting uh, type, type guy. And then I have to say, Elijah Fisher, five-star recruit that I mentioned last week from uh, Toronto, uh, he's expected to classif- to reclassify to this 2022 class, the same one as Pop Isaacs, the guys I just mentioned. And I, I do believe uh, it's looking like he's going to end up a Red Raider. Now, with this kind of high-profile recruit, until he gets on campus, let's see. You know, But uh, I think there's a very good chance he ends up playing for Texas Tech next year. We're talking about a five-star top 20 talent, wow. um, prolific score, very athletic, uh, it, this, is be a, this would be a very, very big deal. It's interesting, though, see, uh, hearing you talk about the team next year, what it's going to look like, and it, and it seems like there's more, there's a bigger variety of types of, of players. You know, because yes. there for a long time it was, like, everybody was 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, you know, for for the, yeah, this year, it just seems like coming up, you're going to have big guys. You're going to have some uh, smaller, you know, six foot, six two guys, you know, and then lots of six six guys. I mean, it's just a, it, it, I don't know, maybe more of a traditional looking, yes. I guess, from that standpoint. Instead of the positionless basketball, right? Yeah. yeah. Sh- shoved down our throats for years and years, which I, I don't, I never really bought into. I yeah. call me old fashioned, but I like a six. 11 or seven foot center right. sitting down there waiting to, to yeah. erase some mistakes. And I like those six foot one, six foot two shifty guards that just doesn't matter to defense. If he goes off, you're going to lose. Yeah, you know, quickness. And, right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what wins games in the NCAA tournament right. are those yeah. shifty guards that, that are knocking down shots if there's no defense. For right. Yeah. Now, well, I tell you, it's exciting. And, and, and it's funny because I, you know, all the talk we've had today about NIL and transfers and how bad it feels when your guys leave, you know, and you right. take it so personally. But I thought that Kevin McCuller, in one of his tweets, you know, he put out that whole thing where yeah. he said the deal about how, you know, for every guy that leaves, you know, there's guys coming in. They also left their fan base, you know, and left their school. And I thought, you know, I, that, I don't that, that just struck me because I, I we do, we get so upset that, oh, I can't believe he left us, you know, because you, you, you always want you, know, you always want to be loved. And so <laughs> right. if somebody leaves. You know, you, you don't like it, but think about all the guys we're getting, all the talent you're bringing in through the transfer portal. Are any of us sitting here going, man, I hate that? No, you're excited, it, but it's fun to be on the, the, the receiving end of the transfer right. portal. You well, know? I think people were upset that he might come in conference to a team that That's has it. big battles to. However, yeah. 
you know, he, he just worked out with the Boston Celtics. He goes to the NBA. That's going to be the biggest mistake he made is naming these two Absolutely. schools. Absolutely. Well, just right. the Kansas. He, right. He but, shouldn't but have named Kansas. No, right. but he'd I, have said anything because if he goes to the NBA, we would love him. And now people have these issues with him. And let me just mention something about Terrence Shannon. Uh, Wednesday, because he's still here, Wednesday he went over to the kindergarten class at Lubbock Cooper Central, uh, read books to him, and uh, the kids wrote little letters to him, and he left. Yesterday, unannounced, he went back to the school. The class was shocked. He took every kid a goodie bag and took one of his game-worn jerseys and wrote on the back to the best kindergarten class in the world. He wrote every kid's name on the jersey and signed it. And... Uh, I think that says a lot about Tim. How much did he charge the kids for the he jersey? Now, sure, the teacher paid him a thousand dollars because teachers pay everything because they don't get paid enough. But that's another oh, story. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> no, but you're right, Pete. Yeah. That, that's a great story, and those are the kind of things you probably don't hear enough. And about I, let me just days, ma- you know? mention this: there are a few Red Raiders who love God. I wanted to reach out to them to come to lunch church, and I didn't want to hear. Well, you got to pay me. And I was worried about that, so I didn't ask him because I want to keep him up on high standards because that would have done it for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was that was a good joke. That was funny. You, you I couldn't help me. it. You, you yeah. had to. Just, just, you had to. Just, just, just to he was going to go to a fifth grade class, but they paid more at the kindergarten. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, one more segment coming up. We'll wrap it up with the uh, the rundown. Always uh, interesting if you... Uh, uh, thought-provoking questions coming up here next live from Buffalo Wild Wings 82nd University it's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pre-Aim on Rock this is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pre-Game on Rock 101.1 sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings and Fortenberry Roofing it's the rundown four bases four questions we're not getting caught it's the rundown Pete, what seed will the Red Raiders be when the final baseball postseason bracket is released? I, th- I think they're going to get a two seed. They're going to have to go on the road and, and, and battle. Jarrett, will we see a player reclassify and come to Texas Tech base basketball in the next year? Basketball? I'll even give it to you basketball or football. Well, basketball, I think that, that was a loaded question there, Sean. No, yeah, I know. We just talked about last segment, Elijah Fisher, the uh, 6'6", five-star guard, is expected to reclassify. And, uh, you know, it's looking really good for the Red Raiders, I'll just say that. I think, uh, you know, he visited in, in January. I think he's one of the only uh, official visits he took was to Texas Tech. Um, he's a national recruit. This would be a, a landmark uh, commit and uh, signing with, with Elijah Fisher. Jeff, update your prediction. Last time we talked, you said six. Let's see if it's right this time. How many games will the Red Raider baseball team win the rest of the season? Three at home versus OU, three at Baylor, three at Oak State. All right. I think I'm going to go with five because I think they take two or three against OU. I think they take two or three from Baylor, but I think you only take one at Oklahoma State. Finally, for everybody, baseball, who is the Texas Tech MVP for this year? Jeff. Well, I think we, this may come up with uh, several of us here, but I think you got to bird sell just what he's meant to the <laughs> pitching staff with the uh, what? That's good. Yeah. You, I thought you were scoffing. I was I, like, I believe scoff. the scoff came over here. <laughs> I mean, Chase, I think, obviously. Right, that's right. why we, I think we're all. Well, no, we, but, J, but yeah, Chase Young's a, a yeah. great player, but I'm just saying. Are that, you that, being serious? 
About Birdsell? Yeah. He was serious. Yes. I'm being very serious because, because the, the, the problem this team has had this year yes. is pitching, and that's been one guy that you can you can really count on. Hey, 11-game pitch, 7-2 with a 207 ERA. Right. So I'm here for laughs. A complete game. To anger people and make the others laugh. He's a little I didn't mean to. Are you being serious? My gosh. Peace. No, listen. If it, if it, if it, if it wasn't for that guy, listen, if it wasn't for him being able to be a reliable starter like that, you could have. this could have been a devastating season. It's true. I mean, you need you need a guy like that to be able to, to you know, stop when you get the losing streaks no, and stuff, man. What he said. No, I'm just telling you, man. It's Brandon Burtzell. Who's yours? Like I already said it. But I, I think you made a good point. You convinced me. Yes, you convinced me. Oh, my God. You flipped the script. Oh, my God. Pete, laughing Pete. Oh, my God, what? Laughing Pete. What's your? Oh, I went Jace. I thought all three of us would go Jace, but I understand where he's going. Yeah. Are you being serious? Um, that, was, that was really good. Man, he called me right out, man. I mean, just, it's, it's, it's my I didn't mean to. I can I tell mean. he was so serious. It wasn't a joke. No, I wasn't. Like trying to call you out. Saying, I mean, I had no problem with doing that, right. but I wasn't Listen, in that case. I'm just telling you, offense has not been the problem right. on this team, and right. certainly he's a great player. And yes, I, that would have been the the next person I'd say. I'm just telling you, without Birdsell and what he's meant to the pitching staff, you you could literally be in terms of instead of winning two out of three, you're winning one out of three. <laughs> the blue cheese. You know, I mean, I, you made a really good point. I agree. All right, thank you. <laughs> you're out. I love you guys. I really do. I can tell. That's no. sincere. Are you All being right. serious? You do love us? Mostly serious, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks for uh, checking out the show today. And uh, you know, always remember you can listen to the show anywhere on iHeart, uh, TuneIn, or Odyssey, or, of course, at 101. Uh, Rock101Lubbock.com. So, um, and the, will there be a, we'll be putting this podcast. up as a podcast at some point, I will put the point, podcast Sean? up this afternoon. It is this afternoon. Okay, that won't be like the middle of next week or something. Oh, this man, everybody's just calling everybody Whoa. out now. And he was <laughs> No, thank you, Sean. You do a great job. All right, this has been the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pre-Game Live from Buffalo Wild Wings on 82nd University on Rock101.